Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Really happy with the performance and of course with the three points. You know, I will push them to uh, to get even better and stronger in, in, in attacking-wise but also defensive-wise. We started the game really well and you know, we were very dominant. Three nice goals. I thought it was a good performance. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! go, go, go. So 3-0 Rangers Saturday, 3-0 Celtic Sunday. Still the four points of a difference in the title race. And just the 22 games to go. Four wins out of four for Giovanni van Bronckhorst since he took charge. Making little tweaks to the way Rangers are playing Barry Ferguson. But they keep on winning. Yeah, and it's certainly working, Rob. Um, that's four four wins on the bounce. Two uh, two away uh, difficult venues: um, Livingston, Hibernian. Um, and listen, I've seen better goals scored, but the most important thing for Rangers on Saturday was continue that form, and it was a, a great three 0 win um, against the Dundee side. So certainly, the tweaks that Gio's made over the last couple of weeks are certainly working. Yeah, we're going to hear from him in the course of the show here. What he was saying on the back of that win yesterday, uh, Saturday even, at Ibrox. Yesterday, Celtic won by three at Tannadice. But it's no exaggeration to say they could have scored Mark Guidi seven or eight. Ange Postacoglu's team have lost only twice in their last 16. Those defeats both against Bayer Leverkusen. And they look to have some serious momentum about them at the moment. I think parts of Celtic's play yesterday, Rob, uh, breathtaking uh, at certain moments um, in the game. They absolutely ripped uh, Dundee United apart. I think they ripped most teams apart yesterday. It was just one of those afternoons where everything clicked um, from the goalkeeper uh, right through to the substitutions. It was a great performance and um, I think we've been saying it now for a number of weeks but we do have a title race. You know, we're waiting to see how it was going to go under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Four wins out of four, three clean sheets and amongst those four reigns out of that concerning habit of conceding the first goal not keeping clean sheets that was happening for a number of games before Steven Gerrard left but this is a proper title race absolutely brilliant for Scottish football David Turnbull could have had a hat-trick uh, Kyogo maybe could have had a hat-trick uh, Abada could have had a couple I mean that could have been a really embarrassing scoreline for Dundee United yesterday Barry Yeah listen um, you cannot be impressed the way that, that Celtic um, played I've got to be honest with you I, I thought they were for the first whistle they were, they were outstanding no doubt about it um, you're just mentioning names there I think a lot of people forget I thought Callum McGregor mm. was outstanding yeah. in the middle of the pitch which he has been since he's took over the, the captaincy at Celtic but you're quite right there I think Dun United get away with one there um, 3-0 um, that could have been 6 or 7 every time they went forward they looked like scoring um, they were attacking in numbers um, in the midfield 3 Yesterday, looked in fine form. David Turnbull, I thought his goal was, was excellent. Rogic, with the opening goal. A great what, piece what of, a goal that was. Yeah, a great piece of skill, no doubt about it. And that's what he can bring to the Celtic team. Um, 
he's when he's fit. Uh, obviously, he's been injured over the the last couple of weeks, but what a goal that was! Um, he opened the scoring. He looks fitter than he's ever been before, doesn't he? He looks leaner, Tom Rogic, um, yeah. and and he looks just bursting with confidence at the moment, Mark. He's you know under. Um, Ronnie Dylan, Brendan Rodgers and, and, and Neil Lennon to an extent as well. He never, I don't think he ever played a 90 minutes Rob, I can't recall. Mm. And there was never an explanation given as to why 60, between 60 and 70 minutes, as a matter of habit, he was always taken off at that point. He wasn't always playing badly, he seemed to be playing very well. But It became a standing joke, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, was he's injured? We don't know, there was never a, a detailed explanation. But whatever it is, Ange is, is getting 90 minutes. Uh, maybe Tom Rodgers didn't want to come off. Maybe it was a medical thing that was advised. Who knows? But at the moment, um, he can play the 90 minutes if he wants to. He makes a contribution, a positive one from the first minute to the last. And his goal uh, yesterday was just beautiful to watch. You know, just to I mean, I think if you'd been de-united, you're thinking, get a proper tackle in or, mm. or, or, or take him out. But he just kept going and going. And then he curl it with his his left foot uh, past Seagrist. Um He's, he's a real proper player when you think back to under Brendan Rodgers time as well when it was games against Rangers tactically Rodgers always come up with something that involved Rodgers that kind of left Rangers like, okay how do we handle this how do we cope with this and sometimes they couldn't cope with it and it was Rodgers having that game intelligence to follow out tactical instructions but he's a clever clever player and um, one that probably you know when you think about it I think Celtic were going to Selling last year was he going to go to Dubai or yep. whatever That's right. it was. He was, going, it was yeah, yep. he was going somewhere like that for mm. a couple of million quid. And to be honest, at that time, I don't think anybody batted an island, no. you know. Um, but now you just look at he's been different class. He got took off after so many <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why like, the reason for that was probably he's been out injured for yeah. a couple of weeks. But because he, he's, when he's in full tilt, he's he's a top player, Rogic. There's no doubt about it. Um, for the size of him. He's technically gifted, six foot two, six foot three. Mm. He just glides, um, and as I said, when when he gets that ball at his feet, it's hard to get it off. Um, but that goal, I think if MDL scores that, if that scored in the English Premier League, people mm. will be talking about it for weeks and weeks. But it was a a great piece of skill and a great finish. I think we've got that one down um, on the shortlist already, don't we? For for one of the goals of the season, I, I would think so. And as you say, Mark, absolutely right. You know, there are two sides to the coin. And you, you look at it, if you look at it from a Dundee United point of view, nobody actually uh, landed a blow. He, he just waltzed his way through. But but it was some ability. I mean, he starts on the touchline, yeah. on the halfway line, yeah. uh, cuts inside, weaves his way through. And even the finish, he, he bent it around around Seagreast. I mean, it, it's just it was just a joy to behold, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. It was a, a brilliant finish, great skill. Um, but I think if you're Tam um, Kurtz and you're looking at that, you're thinking that... That should have been allowed. Somebody's got to take responsibility or somebody's got to take a yellow card um, for the team under that circumstance. But you have maybe, got maybe to if Cal- Maybe if Callum Butcher had been on at that stage, he might have stopped him. He would have found well, a way. Well, more than happy to get into that um, tackle whenever you want, yeah. um, Rob. But um, having just... I, I watched bits and bobs of the Celtic game yesterday on Sky. I actually didn't see the, the, the Callum Butcher, but I've just watched it tonight, obviously, um, b- before we've come on here. And it's a red card every day of the week mm-hmm. you know I mean absolutely you can't you can't defend it and the only um, thing that you can say is thank goodness David uh, Tumble isn't in the hospital just now yeah. face you know looking at missing the rest of the season yeah, he's, a it was a he, yeah. he's a lucky boy he's a lucky boy to come away unscathed 
I think I'm right in saying that because he's been yellow carded on the pitch at the time by Don Robertson, he can't, that can't be changed, can it? He can't get a retrospective mm. red because it's it's been dealt with allegedly. Um, Rob, it's at, okay. At like some tackles, we, when you're watching it on TV, we're lucky enough to get a second look, a third look. But I knew as soon as that tackle happened, that was a dangerous tackle. It was a horrible, horrible challenge. And David Turnbull's a lucky boy. He came yeah. out it without an injury because um, that could have been a serious one. All he needed was for his studs to have stuck in the turf. If they're stuck in the turf, David Turnbull's got a serious injury. Mm. It's, a, it's a terrible challenge. And the, the amazing thing about it is uh, he came off the bench, Callum Butcher, having just come back from a two-game ban. <laughs> and he's careered into that. And actually... Um, I was at the game and, and, and instantly I didn't see the severity of it. It was only when I saw later, saw the, the TV reruns of it, that it's absolutely horrendous. And those are the sort of tackles that you want to see getting stiff punishments because you don't want players to behave like that because you could end somebody's career with a challenge uh, like that. There's no doubt Butcher's a competitive player. That's part of his game. Um, but you can go over the top. And if I'm being honest with you, that's over the top. There's no doubt about it. Um, as you says, he just backed from a suspension. Um, and as I, I keep going back, it, it made me cringe when I watched it. And then when it actually got slowed down, it was even worse. I'm actually surprised there wasn't more of an uproar from the Celtic players at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I didn't get the feeling that they were going bananas as, as players tend to do when they see something like that because you realise that you're just a fraction away from David Turnbull going off on a stretcher you know when, when you look at the tackle and it's slowed down again Rob it's hard to believe that David Turnbull's wasn't taken off on a stretcher isn't in the hospital and just now I mean it was that bad and I'm sure even Callum Butcher watching it back watching it back at any of his teammates or man you'll think and that's where you have to actually take him aside and say yeah, be aggressive we want that you need it mm. yeah, in the team but you need to channel it the right way because he's no good to Tam Coote sitting in the stand um, again, it's no good to himself. It's no good to his teammates. He's very lucky. Um, Callum Butcher's got away with one there, but another referee on another day—that's a red card all day long. And he's again, he's looking at a number of games on the sidelines, which is no good to anybody. As we said uh, earlier on, it could have been a hat trick uh, for David Turnbull. He did score one brilliant goal, lovely touch on the ball through from from McGregor. It was a brilliant pass, lovely touch flicked over the top of the goalkeeper. Uh, having missed a couple of chances earlier on, this was Ange Postecoglou talking about David Turnbull's contribution. He wants to improve. That's the most important thing, you know. We're, we're giving him information every week, and and you know you can see him putting it into practice. He wants to become the best footballer he can possibly be. And um, and that's what you want from any young player. I mean, he's still you know beginning his career, particularly in that position. Uh, but what I keep seeing of him, why I keep putting him in there is that, like I said, every week he, he's looking to be you know a better version of himself and, and that's what you want from your footballers. It's great so, to hear that, isn't it? That uh, clearly he is working so hard. As Ange Postecoglou says, there's Barrier, trying to be the best version of himself. Yep, and I think a part of that, Rob, was when obviously the first time Celtic came in for him. Um, he went and done his medical and they realised he had a knee problem so that gives you a bit of thinking time and um, his career could have been over mm-hmm. no doubt about it so you've got to give him credit for that working really hard to come back and get playing again um, there's there's no doubt in my mind I can see why Celtic came in and, and took him I think he's got everything to be a, a top midfielder um, no doubt about it and what I like about David Turnbull is when I watch him if he gives, if he gives sorry, a ball away it'll not affect him go and get the ball again and try it um, and the goal yesterday he meant that 
he meant that touch over yeah. the goalkeeper. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He, he meant it. And he looks to me if he's been up a level again this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks to me if he's really enjoying his football. And if he continues like this, um, he's going to be a top midfielder. It's another option for Stevie Clark as well, isn't it? When you think about it, that the fact that they combine McGregor and he combined so well for Celtic, Mark, uh, that obviously the, the Scotland midfield is, is going to be difficult to break into at the moment. But it says something about our quality in the national team that David Turnbull, uh, the quality he produces, actually can't get in. Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's, he's not um, a starter for Steve Clark. You can totally understand why you know, that, that midfield engine room um, is the strongest part of the Scotland team. It would depend if Steve Clark would you know, want to change his shape in any way where he could accommodate um, an extra player. But at the moment, what Turnbull has to do is keep going. Um, but there's four months to go, three months to go until um, the Scotland game, four mm. months. So uh, it's a long way away, but he, he certainly uh, he cemented his place in the squad. It's now try to take that next step. But he faces some, some serious competition, but I agree with Barry, his, his, his touch was brilliant putting it over Segrist and just to give a mention to, to, to Callum McGregor as well the weight of pass the vision not many players in Scottish football can do that but Callum McGregor um, certainly can and just another indication of what a top player he is and how he's just absolutely thriving having the Celtic armband Yeah it seems to have got better He's got, he, he really has kicked on hasn't he I mean Callum McGregor was Already a really good midfield player, Barry, but but he seems to have accepted the absence of Scott Brown, taken on more responsibility on the as as a player, but also the as as Mark says, the captain's armband seems to have been a really positive thing for him. Yep, it can be a lot of weight on your shoulders, no doubt about it. But he he's took it in his stride, Rob. Um, no doubt about that. He's a top level operator. Look, a lot of people say he keeps the ball easy at times, but a prime example. He, he, he does a job for the team, he keep it nice and simple. But that pass, a lot of people, as we spoke about, were going about the touch of David Turnbull over the goalkeeper and finishing it. Brilliant, but it's the ball that makes it. The it's vision. The weight, the yeah. pass. A lot of players would, wouldn't see that. Mm-hmm. That comes down to just pure vision. A lot of players would just play it to the side, but Callum McGregor um, played a fantastic pass. And that's what he's done all season. Even when Celtic were struggling last season, Callum McGregor was still a driving force. Um, and the Celtic team and listen he's carried it on this season there's, there's no doubt about it and sometimes you look as we, we talk about getting the captain's hard band he's got to carry the club everywhere he goes but he's um, he's grasped it with, with both hands and he's he's been exceptional for Celtic this season It's a midfield trio Mark that is working really well for Celtic at the moment isn't it and it doesn't have I mean traditionally we always thought I guess in football you needed a scrapper in the midfield to allow maybe the other two to, to play and be creative but but there you've got three very creative players McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic all working in tandem really effectively Yeah um, I know there's, there's not a, a, an enforcer type if you like but if Callum McGregor can handle himself mm. if need be he can absolutely handle himself Beaton can come in there uh, add a bit of steel James McCarthy I know he's not shown it yet in a Celtic jersey but James McCarthy can handle himself as well. But first and foremost, Ange Postacoglu is looking at uh, ability with the football uh, and what you can do. Um, and his team's just playing some lovely st- um, stuff, Rob. They're really pleasant on the eye. Again, you know, credit or credit's due. Five months ago, you know, he, he came into a club in chaos. Um, and you look how, managed, how quickly he's managed to get it going. They're still in Europe. Yes, they'd prefer to be in the Europa League. They still managed to stay in Europe. They're on Rangers' coattails, which was probably all they 
would have wanted to be uh, realistically and get into the winter break so Celtic could maybe be six or seven points behind they might be level they might be two or three points in front it'll be like that but it'll be tight mm. regardless come um, you know uh, full time in January 2nd um, so Celtic's in a, in a good place considering what the new manager had to pick up with and how much work he's had to, to put in because new goalkeeper most games are brand new back four um, a new captain new strike force and it's gelled all things considered it's gelled very very well we're going to talk about Rangers on the other side of the break Barry but do you see Celtic at the moment the way they're developing the way they're improving um, as serious players for the title yeah I think I mean I've said this plenty of times before I think it's going to get right down to the wire um, no doubt about it Rangers were in a mini slump until Gio um, has come in he sorted that out with mm. four wins on the bounce they look to get their confidence back. They look, if they've shut up shop a bit at the back as well, they're not conceding the first goal. And if you watched Celtic yesterday, I, I, th- I thought they were um, breathtaking at times. So it's going to be a, a brilliant um, title decider, there's no doubt about it. I think there will be points throughout the season dropped. And I've said plenty of times, I think it will go down to the last couple of weeks of the season. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre on a Monday. And if you want to join us uh, in the football discussion, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. It's Rob McLean, Mark Weedy, Barry Ferguson on Monday's Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Good to have you with us. And uh, uh, we love it when you get involved in the football discussion with us as well. 0808 17 17 700 uh, at the weekend. Uh, Dundee United nil Celtic 3. That was yesterday, of course, at Tanadice. Rogic, Turnbull and Liam Scales got his first goal for Celtic on his uh, Premiership debut coming off the bench uh, to replace Greg Taylor late on. Rangers 3-0 winners as well. Saturday against Dundee United. Arebo and Morellis on the score sheet plus Ryan Sweeney's own goal. Uh, Livingston nil Hearts won. Uh, Livingston so disappointed that uh, they didn't get anything out of that game. They played uh, pretty well, played so well. And then Barry came up against Craig Gordon, which at the moment is not a great idea. Yeah, but it's no surprise. Um, Craig Gordon's been in phenomenal form um, this season, not just for Hearts, but for Scotland. Mm. Um, he was a massive player um, last season for Hearts, getting promoted out of the Championship, winning the league. Um, and he's just getting better wage. Craig Gordon, every mm. time I watch him, he pulls off some unbelievable saves. So I'm, I'm not surprised that Craig Gordon is the, the, the top player in that game. It's actually getting ridiculous watching Craig Gordon because yeah. it's it's happening on a weekly basis now. I mean, he is building up some showreel of saves. And, and generally speaking in a game at the moment, it's not just one save. Actually, there's about four or five of them. Um, he just looks un, unbeatable at times. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. And, you know, you've got to give him credit and Robbie Nielsen and Hearts because you think he joined Hearts in the Championship, Rob, you know, mm-hmm. so he, he was kind of putting his international career on the back burner. It's always going to be difficult to be a first choice for Scotland when you're playing in the Championship. But he thought, no, he could see the, the longevity with Hearts. He may well get a testimonial uh, when you when you look at the length of service over two periods. Um, he had the chance to go to St Mirren, um, but he opted to go back uh, to Hearts Playing the championship and, and help get Hearts uh, back up, what she did uh, last season, and you know he pulled off some right good saves last season as well at that level um, too. And then this season he's kicked on, established himself as Scotland's uh, number one, made some great saves for his country, and um, 
he, he strikes me because of what happened to him um, almost a decade ago until he was, he was ready to hang up his, his gloves because of the, the knee problem yeah. that he really savours every day I mean genuinely savours every day and goes into his work with a smile on his face because he only has to reflect back a few years ago when he was you know, he was ready to be finishing at 31, 32 so credit to him for that he's been absolutely brilliant and for Hearts for believing in him but for Celtic when you look at it what a catastrophe it was last season particularly with the goalkeeping position again it just hammers home the point um, just the, 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 the neglect that went on there in terms of how they, they, they dealt with the Craig Gordon situation yeah, he's knocking 39 and he doesn't seem to have lost any of his agility, Craig Gordon. And he's playing a big part in keeping Hearts nailed on at the moment for third place in the Premiership. Can they hang on in there at the top end of the table? Maybe that's something we'll discuss a little bit later on in the show. The other scorelines in the Premiership at the weekend, St Johnston's game was off, of course. Uh, Aberdeen 4, St Mirren 1, uh, 6 goals and 6 points in 4 days for Aberdeen. They needed that badly. Hibs 1, Motherwell 1. Uh, and here's a stat for you if you haven't heard it before. Four points out of a possible 24 for Hibs in their last eight league games. Let's get uh, Jordan, a Rangers fan, in on the discussion. Hi, Jordan. How are we? He's all right. We're all well, I think. I can safely say you well yourself. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Um, I was just phoning up um, regarding, obviously, cast ourselves back to the Celtic game during the week. Um, obviously the talking point was about bringing in VR into football because of the Kyogo goal yep. but what my point is is towards um, the diving situation now if it was on the other hand uh, me being a Rangers fan I'm sure you agree that Morelos has been pulled up for it time and time again and it was it was Cassie back to bringing in the compliance officer the amount of bans he's had it's been ridiculous um, I don't even know if there is such a thing now where is the compliance officer Um just basically see what you think about VR coming to football because these young kids basically seen footballers falling about everywhere and nothing seems to be happening about it. Do we still have a compliance officer, Mark? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we we do, it's gone quiet though, hasn't it, at the moment? Yeah, he's not, he's not, not the he's, Rangers then. He's not one that um, wants to, to hog the, the limelight. He seems to go about his business um, quietly. Um, you know, it used to be for a spell um, when it was clear white, you know, there the, was the, mm. the phrase that was coined every Monday morning, you know, trial by sports scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, that's all kind of um, um, gone away for the time being. But yeah, we do have a, a compliant officer, a lawyer, um, who, who fulfills that role. Yeah. And what, what's your what's your main? Con- who 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 are the guilty parties diving wise? Then that do you, do you see? Well, it? Well, are you seeing a lot of it going on? Social media, right? Yeah, but it's just we've we'll just cast our minds back to the Hearts game, and the, the video was all over social media. No one was near Kyogo and he falls to his feet. Now I'm not saying the one at, at Livingston. It, there was contact, it's a red card and it's a penalty to Celtic, but he falls down like a ton of bricks and if kids are sitting kids are sitting watching young football, they're going to think that's acceptable and that's what they're going to do, aren't they? Barry? Yep, the quicker we get VAR in, uh, the better. Um, for me, I don't like people diving, I'll be honest with you, it's a pet hate of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'm not going to take it away about Kyogo as a player, he's been fantastic since he's came to Celtic, but... Some of the stuff that he'd, he'd done, that, that I think it was John Suter, is that Yeah, it correct? was, it was. Jordan, aye, it was John Suter. Yeah. He doesn't need mm-hmm. to do that. And listen, he's a hero to a lot of people. Mm. People will be watching it. Let his football do the talking. Um, that's that's for me. The quicker we get VAR in, and hopefully, I don't know, Matt will, will know better than me, hopefully they get it in by the start of next season, but it's going to come down to finance. It's, it's finance and also training all the officials. 
uh, mm. Barry. It's not something that can be done in one or two training sessions. It'll take a minimum six months, so they might struggle mm. um, to get in in time for for July, short August. But but it's got to to come in. And on diving, you know, Kyogo's not covered himself in glory, but it, it's not exclusive yeah. to Kyogo. It happens in Scottish football. And what I'd say is, I've said this many times, Robin, on another station. For me, uh, I'd love to see the PFA take the initiative because they are the members. Mm -hmm. You know, after all the players and, you know, the solidarity when they want it mm -hmm. to be, but I think they, 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 they avoid issues mm -hmm. that they shouldn't avoid. I'd love to see the, 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 the PFA set an agenda on their own and with their own members, get all the captain, whoever it is, and, and say, we do not condone dive into a fellow you're trying to cheat your fellow member yeah yeah. it's not right mm -hmm. we, we, we give referees stick for getting decisions wrong and rightly so but sometimes referees have been caught they're getting mm -hmm. you know by, by players which isn't nice either it makes the referee look foolish it, it's not necessary but it's not exclusive to Kogo it happens in the game and it needs to be stamped out it's not it's not nice and it's players bottom line when it comes down to it it's players conning their fellow professionals and that's where the PFA could come in and be trailblazers and uh, I've mentioned it many times to, to, to Fraser Wisher uh -huh. uh, I'd what love to see it happen what was the reply today? Um, it was non-committal I mean it doesn't matter who it is if, and we see it all the time we yeah, see, it, uh, we see it around the UK we see it across Europe you know some the merest of touches mm -hmm. and, and somebody falls as if they've been yeah it's been highlighted Cosy the, the, the player that Kyogo is since he's come into Celtic he's been a fantastic signing scored many goals but I'm not just going on Kyogo I think any player that's caught diving and cheating they should have the book thrown at them yeah we, we go through phases don't we where, where, where we try and up the punishment levels and try to stamp it out because that's the only way I mean you somebody's got to suffer for diving yeah I mean and, and also as well you, you you have really got to differentiate between a clear dive and, 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 and Barry will know being a player and managing the teams are, you know, sometimes you've got to make allowances because you're anticipating, you are riding it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, but mm -hmm. when there's, when it's clear diving, then in other cases, it looks like diving, but it's not really diving and that's where referees, managers and players can get together to decide a, a punishment. But when it's absolutely blatant, yeah, throw If you ask any centre-forward, if they feel a touch, mm -hmm. they, they'll go down. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm fine. I see if it's a slight touch, you are going to... And especially when you're moving at pace. Yeah. yeah. But if nobody's yeah. beside you, and they're conning mm. the referee, they're conning the opposition, then you've got to come hard on them. Jordan? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But the thing is, like Barry said, Kyogo, he being a Rangers fan, right? But Kyogo, he's, like, he's a decent enough player to avoid that. Now, the, the Livingston one, it was minimal contact. The Livingston player didn't have to do it whatsoever. There's contact, they've got the penalty. But then again, he's, he's, he's looking for it every time as any striker would. But where's the punishment? Because... At the end of the day, I'm sure me being a Rangers fan, it's happened a couple of times to the likes of Morelos. You wait till Monday morning and he's got a ban and then this weekend Kyle goes straight back in the Celtic squad. There's got to be some sort of punishment. It's not one rule for one and a different rule for another. Yeah. Andrew Phillips is the name that I was searching for there who is the compliance officer at the moment. And and the fact that, that I actually didn't really know that, that it was him who was the compliance officer tells the story because uh, yeah. you know it, 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 the, the, it's not happening the way I mean it used to be such a regular thing on a on a Monday morning that that, that something or other someone or other mm. uh, would be hauled up 
uh, retrospectively because of uh, video evidence. Um, I think I used to be the judge on trial by sports. Yeah, yeah, well, it's funny. He's been there for 10, 10 months. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it just yeah, shows you. Know, 10, 10 yeah. months. Yeah. 10 months he's been in the role for. Claire White rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. She got involved in, in, in a few okay. yeah. um, things. It was almost like week, weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Was different things. But Andrew Phillips. Listen, that's not to say he's not. You know, he's been sitting in his office for ten months twiddling his thumbs. He will be, he will be doing stuff. I'm sure he's earning his keep. But uh, and there'll be stuff going on privately as well. Yeah, behind the scenes that, that, that we don't um, know about. But yeah, it is interesting that I had to look his his nail as well and research that there. Ten months he's been mm. in the job. I think we're all champing at the bit to to get uh, VAR installed because. You know, it feels as if we're second-class citizens in Scottish football that we don't have it, and other lots of other leagues, the big leagues, this, the glamour leagues, you expect them to have it. But there are leagues that probably Scotland could look at and compare themselves who have VAR, and we don't at the moment. I mean, I read something the other day, Mark, that said maybe December. I'm not. I thought I thought it was going to be in and happening for the start of next season, but. I, th- I think I read somewhere maybe midway through the season it might be before it's actually yeah. up and running which is a, a little bit disappointing because we, because we want it as soon as yeah I mean there's only um, a handful of our officials Rob that, that, that are trained up on it that know exactly what to do and, and what you don't want to do is implement it too early and it becomes chaotic you think back to the English Premier League a couple of years ago that, that there wasn't a full grasp of it you look at it now how much smoother it is look how much smoother it was uh, in the Euros during the summer so you don't want to bring it in and it's actually causing more harm in the good so you need to make sure that they're, that they're ready um, they know exactly what they're doing they know how to work it the, the vans and you know the VAR, the actual VAR official in the van the way they communicate who's looking at the screens bump 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 bump, bump all the different things so yeah it might take probably a bit longer than what we'd, we would all like but if it means it's coming in and they're going to hit the ground running with it then we're as well waiting an extra few months as improving but beforehand it was you're talking mm. three or four minutes before a decision was made that's too long for me mm. I mean there was a good example yesterday I was watching Aston Villa Leicester game with Casper mm-hmm. Spiegel mm-hmm. I don't oh, know yeah. if you've seen yeah. the oh, he his hand on the yeah, ball that, yeah. that was done and dusted within about a minute or so yeah. I think previous to that that may have took three or four minutes but the referee made a decision to go over the screen he made a call and that was it over and done by um, but we need to get it in quickly as possible up, up here um, I wasn't too sure if I'm being honest with you at the start, but the more the the more I'm thinking about it, some of the things that are happening in our game up here, we need to get it in quickly as possible. It's going to come down to finance. Yeah. If we do we our clubs have the money to do it? Does Scottish football have the money to do it? But we need to get it in somehow. And the the, the hope would be, Jordan, that that, that we've avoided the, the panto uh, I know this is the season for Panto, no, but 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 you know, in it, when it came in in English football, it was it was almost comical at times uh, how, yeah. how long some of these decisions were 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 taking to actually be be established. So so maybe we're coming to it at a good time because a lot of mistakes have been made along the way. No, I, I totally agree, but I think it, it's it's not it's not so much. I, I wasn't a fan of VR at the beginning of it, but like it's it's just more the. The, the, it's getting better now with a split second to go back to things as well and review it. I, I'll bring up another instance. We can Lee Griffiths as well with, with the tackles and stuff like that. He's already done a yellow card and he, asked, he escaped a red card. I think it's just a more just a split second. They can go back, review it, and then rather than the compliance officer actually having to punish them in the Monday morning like they used to, they would get the, the um, punishment that's at the time. And, and the referees must be desperate for it yeah. to come in. They've yeah. got to be desperate. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, there'll be there'll still be plenty to debate. Mm -hmm. There'll still be plenty of talking points, but mm -hmm. but it's thing. But it's just getting it getting it as close to accuracy as you can. Yeah, they, they need help. Yeah. I mean, you know how quick the game has become nowadays. Yeah, it's a hundred mile an hour. I mean, the fitness levels and the pace that these players play at. I feel sorry for the refs up here. They've got decisions split second to make. Mm. It's okay for us watching the game. We can go and watch a replay. They need help, the referees, and they need it quickly. And the most obvious one uh, from the weekend was the one we were talking about earlier on where justice could have been meted out. Um, and Callum Butcher has got away with a, a massive uh, offence at the weekend that's been yellow carded. And, and, and he, he, he should have been... He, did you see that one, Jordan? The, the Callum Butcher no. challenge in the, at Tanadice yesterday? No, I tend not to get Celtic on my team. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but um, I've seen pictures of it and stuff like that. It doesn't look um, too great, to be honest, but um, no, I didn't see it. And tell me what you're thinking as we move the discussion on a little bit. Tell me what you're thinking about Giovanni van Bronckhorst and the, the impact he's made. Is he is he the man for you to, to kick Rangers on to, to another title? Well, well, I was I was on just as by uh, when uh, Giovanni came in and it was I was asking Barry and stuff like that if he thought he would get the attitude right. He seems to be playing Rangers a lot. What I was saying to one of my friends was Gerard's style of play was playing down the flanks. He seems to be managing to get Rangers to attack more. Um, and what I mean by that is watching. I can't remember the last time I seen Rangers actually manage to shoot feet outside the box and they wanted to walk the ball in. The style of football he's managed to play the couple of games is. Uh, the type of football that I like to see and hopefully it just goes from strength to strength so so good so far Are you liking Rangers better at the moment Barry? A bit more solid Yeah, there's no doubt about it the few tweaks that he's made the full backs um, are more set up defensively they can still get forward uh, but Rangers look at I mean bear in mind Gio's only had four games mm -hmm. there's, there's no been a lot of time he's had on the training ground as well which is important so yeah. What he's done in a short period of time it has been good. There's no doubt about it. And what he's brought is he'll make decisions as well. If somebody's not doing well, look, I'll go back to the Hibs game. Morelos had an off night. He'll take him off and he'll, he'll switch it. Um, no doubt about it. If somebody's not in form, he'll not be scared to go and change it. I quite like that for a manager. But you can certainly see the differences he's made in Rangers in a short period of time. Jordan, good to have you on the show. Thank you. Bye bye. All the best. Thanks, Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat, and more. Let's go. Good to have you with us on the Glow. <laughs> I'll try one again. I'll, I'll come in again. Good to have you with us on the Go Radio Football Show on a Monday with the Taxi Centre. Um, some breaking news actually at the moment. Uh, Rangers saying that a late decision to ban travelling fans from their Europa League visit to Lyon on Thursday is what they describe as bemusing and extremely frustrating. Uh, they had been allocated 2,220 tickets for the final group match. Uh, they are, of course, already through to the, the knockout stages. Um, a Rangers statement today uh, describing the local authority in France who made the decision as uh, intransigent and initially unwilling to engage. Um, Lyon are staging, uh, the town of Lyon is staging its traditional festival of lights 
uh, and Rangers say they understand this will uh, be uh, will test the policing resource and the city infrastructure. So it seems to be all about the the city of Lyon rather than the the, the football match. Uh, but Rangers say only late last week they agreed uh, we could have two thousand two hundred supporters admitted. The decision to reverse this is bemusing and extremely frustrating given the short notice. It beggars belief that three days after that decision was taken and three days before the match is due to be played, it's our supporters who are now going to be left out of pocket by this decision by the French Interior Minister. We empathise with the feeling of supporters who have made travel plans months in advance. Furthermore, we were allocated tickets several weeks ago, which adds further confusion to the most recent decision, Mark. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, yeah, I've got a feel for the Rangers um, supporters that have paid their money, you know, booked flights, buses, trains, planes, um, so financially, and just been there to support their team, as you know, uh, Rob, Barry's played there as well, been there, it's a beautiful city, mm. Leon, so they've been, been a nice couple of days, can go and actually relax and enjoy it, because Rangers have already qualified, so it would be a nice one um, at this time of year. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate um, for the Rangers um, supporters, but I just think the the way we are just now, it's not totally unexpected because the world continues to change every day. There's different rules going on in different countries, different cities within a country um, have different rules as well. So look, it is unfortunate, but um, and I know Rangers supporters, every support they want to go and support their team, but just because of the the, the continuous uncertainty, it's maybe one just to. to to hold back and as much as you want to be there and support your team but there is every chance that it's going to cost you and you're not going to be able to attend because of the, the changing rules or the thing It's the dangers of forward planning at the moment isn't it I guess but that's what yeah. that's what football fans do I mean you you know to make sure you get your seat on the plane to make sure you get your ticket inside the ground you do plan ahead you do book ahead and it's going to be a real shame Barry if there are lots of Rangers fans here out of pocket Yep exactly are they going to get reimbursed that money that they've spent on trains or whatever how they get there by coach surely they would have known that there was going to be this event Mm -hmm. yeah exactly a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. when they gave Rangers 2,200 tickets so I feel for the fans as I said they're out of pocket at this moment in time I would like to think that the Rangers fans who have spent um, their well earned cash will get that money back but who knows but surely the town or city of Leon um, would have known this event was going on and I, yeah. I don't see the reason why they let Rangers um, have the 2,200 tickets. So hope, hopefully the, the fans who have spent money get that money back. Yeah, let's hope there is some form of uh, reimbursement and uh, you can understand why Rangers are saying today that they're bemused about about the whole situation. Very uh, short notice change of plan there. Let's talk to Regan. Hi, Regan. Uh, 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 how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How's yourself? I'm doing well, yeah, I'm doing well. What would you like to talk about? Your team was in top form yesterday. Yeah, Rob, it was great. Uh, actually, uh, I caught a bit on the, on the radio as well. I thought um, Celtic played really well in the first half and i seen it, Rob. Mm. Um, I thought Tom Rogic's goal was superb. And uh, I, I just think, I think something else that's been overlooked is the impact that uh, Ange Postecoglou's had on Tom Rogic as well, Rob. Because I because I remember talking to uh, to Craig and yourself about about six months ago and saying, "Well, uh, Tom Rogic have a future as well." Thinking, sure, uh, surely Ange Postecoglou will, will, will look back and say that 
Tom Rogic has really had a great impact on Celtic season so far. Yeah, I mean, there was there was the obvious connection that that they'd worked together with the Australian international team. They they knew each other, um, and it just seems to be a relationship, Mark Guidi, that is, that is um, flourishing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, when you look at the couple of games where Tom Rogic was out the team, Rob Celtic um, weren't as good. Bottom line, whatever you want to dress up, not mm. as good um, when he's uh, when he's not there. I mean, you've still got your your flair players, your creative players. Yeah. Jota's and and then and, and Kyogo's and, and Forrest coming back in. But this season there just has been something a wee bit special about Rogic and the way he pulls the different components of the team together. It becomes a focal point. He, he, he drifts into areas tactically, he takes it on board. So you know, if the manager wants to pull a surprise to the opposition, Rogic is usually key to a tactical plan. Um and, and yesterday. Um, you know when he's when he's off the leash like that, and he, and he just goes. He's he's absolutely brilliant, and he appears to be um, as well. I don't know if you have any dealings with him, Rob, or not, but he appears to be really a low maintenance professional. Doesn't mm. cause you a minute's problem. Plays for Australia, goes and gets his work done for his national team, goes home, and and, yeah. and gets right into it with, with the club side. But there's obviously been well, it's just down to the, the Australian thing, but clearly some kind of connection there. There's a real connect mm -hmm. with the manager and the player in Celtic and absolutely uh, reaping the benefits of it. Let's hear Ange talking uh, about his fellow Australian in the Celtic midfield, Tom Rogic. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I do know him well. He's, he's one of these special footballers. Mate. When the ball goes to him, I think everyone just stops and sees what he's going to do because uh, you want to be paying attention. That's not the time to uh, be looking down on your phone or taking a drink. You, you want to stop everything you're doing. And uh, Pleased he got his goal today. He's... he's Probably that's the area he's let himself down a little bit so far this year. He's had some good opportunities, so um, I'm pleased he got the reward. I mean, he's getting much more out of Tom Rogic, I think, than happened previously. I mean, he, we were talking earlier on, he looks leaner, he looks fitter. He's part of the press when when Celtic are piling the, the pressure on. And and maybe that wasn't the, the Tom Rogic of old, Barry. I'll be honest with you, Robert. I've always liked him. I've always thought, even previous to Postacoglu I always thought he was one of Celtic's best players mm. I've got to be honest with you I know he looks leaner there's no yeah. doubt about it but for me a fire Tom Rogic should always be in the, the Celtic team and when he's in the Celtic team I think Celtic are a better footballing team because um, he can win games mm -hmm. on his own he, he, he seen, he seen there was a, that, yesterday was a prime example how many players can go and do that in the game yeah. up here not not many um, he just glides when he's he's in full flow um, and he look listen the most important thing I think for him is he looks happy um, obviously Postacoglu trusts him and I don't think previous to that other managers did um, so you've seen with the injury when he's, he's out and Celtic miss him but there's no doubt about it and I, I think Tom, is, uh, Tom Robich is a top top footballer is that going to be up there, Regan, for goal of the season? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think it will. I think it definitely will, Rob. But something, but but Barry touched on there about it, when Tom Rogic got injured. That 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 that's something that worries me as a Celtic fan is that the squad strength is not great at the moment. But I see Celtic are linked to three Japanese players in in January, so that'd be good. One thing I just wanted to pick up with you guys is. Is uh, is the influence of of McGregor? I think 
I think we've got. I think the line. Uh, I think the line was breaking up there. Um, but actually, Regan brought up a really good point there, and I, I was actually uh, meaning to talk to you about it, and we will do now. The the three Japanese players listed. Producer James actually managed to uh, spell them all correctly on the show plan today, which uh, which was uh, an achievement from then. He t- then he told me he'd cut and pasted them. Um, <laughs> but Celtic are in for Daisan Maeda. We've heard a lot about him already, scoring goals in the J League. Uh, Rio Hatate was a left back. Uh, and Yosuke Idiguchi is, is a third uh, Japanese player who Mark at the moment is being linked with Celtic and, and you know, sometimes being linked doesn't actually mean to the deal going through. But you would imagine that because of the success of Kyogo, uh, they are going to plunder that Japanese market again in January. Well, the, <clears throat> the most positive thing about that is, um, Rob, that the manager, th- these are clearly players that he's identified, mm. which for me is always a good sign. Um, so he knows the Japanese market he now knows the standard of Scottish football he knows his Celtic squad inside out the players that he's bought the players that he's inherited so he wouldn't be going for these three unless it's going to enhance the squad so if he gets all three it's a big ask big ask to go and get all three players done your deal in the kind of negotiations but it looks to know there's a willingness from the three players to come there's probably an acceptance from the clubs in Japan that going to Europe's going to enhance the, these guys' careers so they'll probably um, let them go I've not looked in depth all three but certainly had a look at Maeda and he looks to be a bit special um, so if Celtic can get the business done um, then it, on paper it looks as though it's really going to enhance the squad and that's what Celtic need for the second half of the season as they try to push towards the title We're not far from that January transfer window Barry and it's going to be very interesting isn't it to, to see what happens um, you know we're, we're working on the basis that Celtic are going to obviously make moves to, to beef up their squad mm. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens at, at Rangers as well because Giovanni van Bronckhorst will have players in mind there's no doubt about that yep it'll be interesting once the 1st of January comes to see what both Celtic and Rangers do there's no doubt you've heard Postacoglu he wants to get business done as early as possible he's mentioned that get them through the doors as quickly as you can and on the other hand with Rangers will their players leave I don't think there will be any players that will leave unless there's a crazy offer that comes in. That might change in the summer and it'll be interesting to see if Gio wants to add one or two players. But we all know the January market, it's a difficult market. Um, So I'm looking forward to it to see what both Rangers and Celtic do um, because this could kick them on because the final four months of the season for me is going to be tasty. There's no doubt um, that uh, Celtic are going to be getting into that Japanese market again. Uh, what we'll talk about in the second hour as well is Jota because there's talk uh, at the moment that that deal could potentially be converted from a loan to a permanent arrangement in January. Celtic are very keen to get that deal done. He's obviously out injured at the moment, but he has made a massive impact at Celtic uh, in the last couple of months particularly so 60 minutes of football chat gone another 60 to come after the news at 6 Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well the taxi centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai you name it They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot all under one roof ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts flexible finance options and no hidden 
hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Get involved in the football discussion. Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show. And we've got another hour of uh, talking football to go. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi and you on 0808 17 17 700 at the weekend Dundee United nil Celtic 3 that was yesterday uh, of course Livingston nil Hearts 1 and uh, Hearts hanging on in there at the top of the Premiership we've been raving for a long time about Craig Gordon's goalkeeping what about the goals of Liam Boyce as well back on the mark yesterday 11 for the season uh, for him and uh, a string of saves from Scotland's number one. Aberdeen 4, St Mirren 1, Saturday at Pataudry. Hibbs 1, Motherwell 1. How well is Tony Watt doing for Motherwell? I think that's his ninth league goal of the season. He's the top uh, goal scorer, pretty sure, in the league at this stage. Doing great things. Uh, saw him last Tuesday scoring an absolute cracker against Dundee United. Let's get uh, Craig into the football chat. Hi, Craig. Hi, Rob. Hi, Barry. Martin. How are you doing, Craig? Hi, Craig? Oh, well, what would you like to talk about, Craig? Hey, I will just uh, sort of with the, the, the game of the weekend and that and uh, sort of general things. I think um, not related with the result, obviously. Mm. I thought, but the goals were, you know, <laughs> they were strange. I suppose if you're the Dundee manager, you'd be furious conceding goals like that. But I don't think the scoreline of 3 nothing flatters us uh, in the slightest. You know, we could have. I think had more. We looked very, very comfortable in the game, um, and I think in general terms now we're sitting in. You know, Giovanni van Bronckhorst got four wins in a row to come in. I think is he not the first manager since 1970? I think to do that for Rangers um, coming in. That's a good, good start. A good sign. Um, absolutely. Um, I think what we need is uh, if we can keep it going. I think we're good because one of the things I think we're starting to see now is that Rangers and Celtic are just starting to build a wee gap mm-hmm. between uh, you know ourselves and the rest. And I think it's been made clear to me over the past couple of weeks, we need to keep winning because Celtic just don't look like they're in any mood to drop points at this point in time. So if we can keep winning um, games uh, between now and, and the 2nd of January, I think that becomes a huge game for the league season because then either, if it was as it is now, we'd win and be seven clear or Celtic will win and it's a point gap and I think that for me has to be that priority because Thursday but you know Thursday will be a good occasion but it's not important anymore because we're already through so that to me has to be the focus and just winning the league games between now and the old firm Just looking at the league table uh, Craig uh, Rangers 39 Celtic 35 Hearts on 30 so I mean it was a big win for Hearts yesterday to, to actually stay in touch as they would see it um, with the, the top two but but there are signs uh, of Rangers and Celtic starting to, to pull away and stretch things at the top of the league this was uh, your manager um, talking about the 3-0 win against Dundee Saturday well I'm very happy with the performance you know as I said uh, to the players you know at home games we have to be 
We have to be dominant. We have to show uh, the opponent there's nothing to get here. I think we showed that from the first minute. The overall performance really well, you know, creating a lot of chances. I think the, the 3-0 score was only there because I think their, their goalie had an excellent day with some, some great saves. Um, but... Uh, yeah, we didn't give any chances away. We were still, when we were 3-0 up, um, at moments pressing really high and don't give them space to, to play. So really happy with the performance and, of course, with the three points. I like that phrase, we need to show them there's nothing to get here. <laughs> yep, and it's a good attitude to have. In terms of the game, they were in control for the, the, the full 90-odd minutes, Rob, no doubt about it. The three goals, yep, scrappy. Uh, no doubt about it I've seen better goals scored but the most important thing is they've kept the run going he's, he's certainly made a difference they've got a bounce off the new manager coming in and as I said tactically he's tweaked a few things that certainly made a difference and um, you've you seen he made a few more changes yesterday I think there's a few players that have uh, have got a lifeline for him coming in Scott mm-hmm. Arfield I think since Gio's come in yep. um, I don't know if Craig agrees with me I think he's I've always liked Scott Arfield I still think he's got a lot to give Rangers um, Joe Arebo's in, in top form they left Devo out great to see Ryan Jack come on get a bit of game time because for me he's such an important player for Rangers um, Sakala playing on the left hand side and, and instead of Ryan Krent so he made a few changes but it didn't make a difference the, the steamroller Dundee and they got the, the three points that was the most important thing but they're certainly they're looking the part under Joe I remember asking you a couple of weeks ago um, which Rangers player you would least want to be leaving if indeed anyone was sold in the January transfer window? And your answer to that it was Joe Aribo. Yep. And, and nothing that's happened since would would change would change that view. And again, he was, I guess, instrumental in, in the win Saturday. Yep, obviously he got them off the mark with the goal. It was a, there was a slight deflection on it. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys agree with me. I, I thought he was really good for Rangers last year. I think he's went up levels mm-hmm. this season. He's been Rangers' best player by a country mile. There's no doubt about it. And for me, looking at Rangers and the Rangers support, everybody goes on about Morelos and Ken and so on. And, and rightly so, because they're, they're big players for Rangers. But for me, Joe Arebo is the outstanding player for Rangers. And Get- I would be worried that a bigger, well, I'm not saying a bigger club, a club down in English Premiership are going to be looking at Joe Arebo. Because yeah. he's got everything, Rob. He's a central midfielder. He's got pace, power, he can handle the ball. And the most important thing is he's added goals to his game and that'll put um, a few zeros on his on his transfer fee. And he's a serious unit as well. I'll get your thoughts, Craig, in a sec, Mark, as well. This was uh, this was Giovanni van Bronckhorst talking about uh, Joe Rebo. Especially uh, a player like, uh, like Joe who can be in either position or a little bit higher up the pitch or a little bit deeper, depending also how the, um, the opponent is, 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 is playing. And, you know, I'm, I'm really flexible. I like to have a flexible midfield. You know, to play with a six or play with a ten. So he's one of the players I can, I can change. You know, for him it doesn't matter if he plays as a ten or as you know together with uh, with Glenn as uh, as a six. So uh, I'm very happy because it gives also a lot of stability for the team. It's good to listen to, isn't it? You get an interesting insight into what uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst is thinking, uh, looking ahead at how this Rangers team is going to develop under his management. And uh, clearly, uh, Joe Aribo Craig, and the, and the flexibility he gives is really important to, to what the, the relatively new gaffer is wanting to do. Oh, listen, absolutely. I think one of the great things about Aribo, you know, he's kind of... Uh, 
a player who's came to the club and you can see the progression he's made in the times there. Um, to the point where right now, I, I think he's undroppable in terms of starting player. I think one of the brilliant things he brings is he attracts defenders to him when he gets the ball because he's got the, you know, they know the threat he poses with the footwork he's got. And what it allows actually so at times is space for the likes of Morelos or Sakala or whoever else to drift into. And he's capable of taking the ball down. Two or three players, when you look at I think it was the Hibs game, very, very tight situation. And, you know, his fast footwork was incredible, getting by to get a, a shot away, albeit it wasn't a great shot. He should have probably went low. But ultimately, that's what he's got in his, his locker. And, you know, when he does score goals, they don't tend to be tappings. No. <laughs> Which is, I think, a, a great talent to have. But he's, he's an important player because, you know, you need guys like Aribo because you know he'll give you everything and you know he's always a threat and even teams like you know this weekend obviously are playing hearts that's going to be a really tough game at Tincastle but if Joe Rebo's at it you know um, the rest of the team tend to follow suit in my opinion because he just creates that kind of opportunity for them For, for me Craig I, I don't know if you agree but when I see Joe Rebo in full flight I think he glides with the ball I think he keeps possession really well he's got a lovely first touch he lifts his head it can come inside off the off the wings. I don't know you as well, Robert. You agree? Now, before I say what I'm going to say, I'm not saying he's at this level yet. He's a long, long way to go. But it reminds me of Brian Loudrup, the way he just gets the ball with, with possession and 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 glides. A and you, comparison. As, and, and I'm not saying he's no close to it, but but there's, there's bits of yep. him remind me of him, um, uh, Barry, right, rightly or wrongly, but just something about him. And Craig made a great point about him as well. He attracts players to mm-hmm. him, which creates space and freedom um, from others. But it's just when when I've watched him more recently, uh, he makes a, a, a positive impact and the Rangers teams get better and better. And again, it's you know if you want to take it, strip it back to the business model, that's what Rangers should be all about. Getting them, free transfer, sourcing them. Yeah, they've had to, to, to weigh him in and I think there was a hefty agent's fee um, involved as well. But you look at it now and I know Barry would be no better than me, what he's worth in the transfer market mm. now when you consider mm. that Rangers got him in a Bosman. Yep. Yep. No, he's terrific. No, I also, the beauty of Joe Arebo, he can play, normally nowadays, modern day football, you're either, you're either a holding midfielder or an attacking midfielder. He can do both. Yeah. He can do both. You can go and sit in that, as, as Gio mentioned. I'll, I'll go down the Gio language. He can be a number six or he can be the number 10. For me, his best position is that number 10 where he just plays off a main striker. But the beauty of him, of him is he can play anywhere in midfield. And also he can go and play in the front three in the right-hand side or the left-hand side. And it would depend uh, who you're playing against. Yep, he'd done it against Celtic, if you, you remember, a season or so back. He went and played on the, the right side to stop Celtic getting forward. But he, for me, is just grew and grew and grew. And every time I watch Rangers, he's a standout performer. Yeah, and and I get where you're coming from with, with and he would be flattered to to be compared to to Brian Ladrup because of the level yeah. at which he operated. Yeah. But I, but I know exactly what you're, <laughs> I, I, what you're just, talking I'm not, about. I'm not saying he's at that level. No, I mean, no, no, Brian no. Ladrup was was you know for three years at Rangers was 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 phenomenal, one of the best players I've ever 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 seen. Um, but what I'm saying it's. The, the, the characteristics of his mm. movement and his touch that reminds me not, not his overall package and what he's done for Ray there's no comparison at the moment 
but just wee things remind me of, of Brian Lloyd. Are there comparisons with Tom Rogic? Um, I mean, we were raving yeah, about Rogic. Uh, yeah. The way he takes the ball in, the way he finds no. pockets of space as well. I said about Rogic when he, he glides with the ball. Jordi Bo's similar. He glides with the ball. Um, there is, they are similar. Um, but the, the thing with Jordi is, I don't think Rogic could play holding midfielder. I don't think he could do that. He needs to be further forward. Yeah. Joe can go and sit back and and protect his his centre halves, but um, also he can he can go forward and, and score goals. I like him in the number ten position. I think he, he brings so much more to the Rangers team. Um, but w- w- what a catch up that was! Mm. I mean, I mean, it's Mark's not just says they're a Bosman. Yeah, I think I think they put, they had to pay so a three hundred thousand pound development fee or something to, to get him on board. So, so it's not far away from Glenn yeah. Kamara sort yeah. of business in terms of yeah. the profit Wait, that they're eventually going to make. What's it wow. worth now? If a Premier League team's like, you've got to be over ten million yeah. pounds for Joe Rebo. Yeah, yeah, and probably that's a figure that's growing with each passing week. That'll with grow, each passing, because I think he's going to get better yeah. and better. Yeah, I take it with you when you were chortling in the background there, Craig. You you weren't really going with the with the comparison with with Rogic. Uh, no, well, listen. I think Tom Rogic is a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. And, and when the goal he scored at the weekend was a great goal. Although I didn't see maybe a Dundee United player interested in putting in a tackle. However. I just think because of the kind of things Barry was talking about for me I think Aribo's better than Rogic I think if, I, if you were to pick one of them to put into a team for me it'd be Aribo and it's because of the flexibility he's got as opposed mm-hmm. to Rogic you know, yeah. he can play those different goals I'm not sure you know once or twice you've seen Rogic be asked to play the holding midfield goal last season when he was you know here and there and it didn't really work so I just think on that aspect I think he's better. I think you know he's probably got a way to go. He'd be with uh, you know the legend that is Brian Lauder, but he's certainly in the right path. And I've no doubt in my mind he's a player who will eventually leave Rangers because I know what sometimes I hear talk about how you know well maybe actually wants to pay Rangers players or you know they'll move on. But there's there's a few from next summer. You know I guarantee there'll be some sort of rebuild at Rangers because I think there's probably at least two or three, maybe three or four. He'll go out the door. I'd love Aribo to stay, but I could absolutely see him go because there's teams in the Premier League that play a style of football that he would slot into. Perhaps Gerard would want to bring him back to Villa. I don't know. But as I say, that aspect is just got the flexibility. I think he's one of the best um, all-round kind of midfielders. Um, I think in the country, if not the best. And what you want to do is develop assets, whether they're delivering for you on the pitch or whether they're piling up the value off the pitch when they eventually go. Mark, it, it, it's all great business. Yeah, you've got to, you know, you've got to do. It. I mean, we've said it many times. Celtic have created a, a wonderful business model. When you look at Celtic in this calendar year, they've brought in around thirty-five to forty million pounds in transfer fees. You know, from Frimpong. Edward to, to, to Ayer and you know whoever else um, you know Clamalla and, and, and even guys mm. like that so that's what Rangers have got to create that's what they want to create um, now the, the sooner they start creating that, that model the better but that said as well you've got to bear in mind there's a £35 million title up for grabs um, in six months time um, so you've got to weigh up do you think the the, the the most intriguing one for me next month he doesn't sign and, and all indications are he's not going to sign. He's going to go. Just depends when, unless there's a you know a, a, a breakthrough under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is, is Connor Goldson. Mm-hmm. You know, so what, what do you do with Connor Goldson next month if bids come in for him and he's making it clear that he's not going to stay? 
do you accept those or, or do you keep them? That that's I think that's a kind of first potential problem um, that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has, has got to deal with. And whatever the manager wants to do, you've got to back his judgment on it. And there'll be a succession plan at centre back, Barry, in the way that there was a succession plan for manager when Steven Gerrard went and Rangers knew where they were going, knew what they were going to do at that point. They would they would know at the moment where they're going to go if Conor Goldson was to was to go in January. Yeah, I'm sure Gio's got an eye on one or two centre-backs because that could be the issue that Mark's just mentioned there. If, if Connor's not going to sign a contract, you don't want him running that contract out. That's a decision that Rangers need to go and make. Do they, do they go and John get... John Suter? X amount Craig of money. Singh. Do they go and get 500 grand, a million quid in for um, Connor Golson or do they let him run to the end of the season and lose him for nothing? Craig's just mentioned a player there I think can easily play at either the old firm, mm-hmm. John Suter, Um but we don't know what the contract situation is with, with John Suter at Hearts. I know they've got a contract on the table, but for me, John Suter, I'm just delighted that he's come through a, a tough period. Two years, mm. two serious injuries. But, I mean, you've seen the performances he's put in for Hearts. And, listen, he just broke into the Scotland team. Um, when he played against the Danes, it looked like he'd been there for 25 caps. And um, He's, for me, again, he can go and play at the top level, John Suter. He might have his mind made up already, of course, Mark, that, that the the greater financial rewards of going to even the, the championship in England, which would probably be his uh, destination if he headed south. Um, but he would certainly work for, for Rangers or Celtic, uh, and you could understand why both might be keen in landing him in January. Yeah, and again, that's a decision for for Hearts. What do they do? Do they try and cash in and get some money or, or, or you know, or risk getting them, uh, or losing them, rather, um, for nothing... Um, John Suter, as you say, uh, Rob, he is a player who can identify with um, injuries that potentially, you know, going to curtail his, his career. So if he has a lucrative financial offer waiting for him, then you, you, you can't fault him in the slightest if he wants to go and um, take that up, regardless whether it's staying in Scotland and going to another club, going down south, going abroad, whatever it may be. You certainly wouldn't grudge um, John Suter uh, a big move, and I'm sure Hearts would be the same, but credit to Hearts, I think they have made him a fabulous mm-hmm. offer. Hearts have got their limits they can only go so far and it's totally understandable do you think he can play at the highest level I do I really do like the look of see, him see before really he got injured I, I probably said the physical side he would struggle but he's obviously oh, physically right. matured yeah. you can see that he's obviously done a lot of work in the gym um, footballing wise there's no doubt oh, I so think comfortable he's a, in possession yeah, he? yeah. easy, easy on the eye but also he's a good defender John Shooter yeah. mm-hmm. and what is he 25 he's a good age as well isn't he Great age, he's missed a lot of football, yeah. no doubt about it. But since he's come back, um, you've seen the quality he brings, not just the hearts, obviously the, the national team. So if he's if he's available at the price that was getting thrown about last week or so, 500 grand, I think that's an absolute snip. Could be interesting to see what happens with him in January. Uh, Craig, good talking to you. Cheers, Craig. Cheers, yeah, mate. Thanks, have a good day. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. It's a Monday on the Go Radio Football Show, looking back on the weekend, looking uh, forward to a couple of European games and they don't mean much in terms of progression because we know exactly uh, what's happening for Rangers and Celtic already. Rangers in Lyon and we were speaking earlier on about that ban on Rangers fans 
uh, travelling and uh, let's hope the ones affected are, are going to get their money back or at least some sort of uh, compensation for a late change of heart really uh, in terms of the French authorities uh, and a few Rangers fans looking into that at the moment. So Rangers in France to play Lyon Thursday, Celtic at home to uh, Real Betis um, on the back of uh, a weekend uh, which produced some very interesting uh, results in the Scottish Premiership. And as for the uh, Celtic women's team, they won the SWPL Cup uh, yesterday. They beat Glasgow City at uh, Fur Hill. I think the crowd was somewhere between three and a half and 4,000. Uh, I think it was a record crowd for that uh, that cup final, Mark. Yeah, it's good to see the, the women's game growing and growing. Um, Rob all the time you know particularly um, in Scotland you know so many full time clubs and now a lot of investment big improvement infrastructure um, pathways for um, for kids and for teenagers to go up and, and into full time football um, so yeah it was great and very encouraging to see um, a crowd like that which is uh, you know more than what a lot of the the, yeah. the first team um, clubs get around the, the country at the men's football so yeah, all good signs. A real step in the right direction in the men's game. Uh, that win for Hearts yesterday at Livingston. Uh, Livingston, so many chances, so many Greg Gordon saves. Uh, we're, we're actually getting used to his world-class saves now. They're almost ordinary in his book because he produces so many of them. Uh, so he was making the saves at one end. Liam Boyce scored the goal at the other. It's a great combination, that, for Hearts. And it's keeping them in touch at the top, Barry. Uh, 30 points they're on courtesy of that win yesterday they're five behind Celtic obviously another four away from Rangers but do you think they've got enough about them hearts to hang on in there at the top end or is it going to be the top two pulling away? I, I think the top two will pull away um, but you've got to give um, hearts credit just up for the championship um, Listen, they were, they were unlucky the other night at, at Celtic. They beat Celtic at the start of the season, similar when they've, they've played Rangers. And then they've got Rangers coming to, to Tynecastle on, is it Sunday? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So you look at Hart's squad, that they've got, he's got a certain way of playing, Robbie. Um, they've got good players. Liam Boyce has been out injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just back in and he obviously popped up with a goal. So, look, I think for me, if you're asking me now, I think Hearts will definitely finish in third. I think they've got a good enough squad. I still think Robbie will go in January and try and strengthen as well to keep it going. Um, but overall, I think Robbie, the coaching staff, the players, and most importantly the fans, they've got to be delighted with the with the start of the season they've had. Is that some sort of acid test this weekend? Do you think for Hearts, Mark, against Rangers, you know, if they are going to do it this season, if they are going to hang about at the top end? Uh, they need to be winning this game. It's at Tynecastle. Yeah. We we know what the atmosphere is like there. Uh, they they came close to getting something against Celtic. Yeah. Can they do it against Rangers? Well, they beat Celtic the opening day of the season at Tynecastle um, Hearts. Um, I think at the moment it was what is it nine points between the yeah. sides. Yeah. So so you're either re- reducing it to six, which means it's, it's game on. You're really keeping it going right. You know right beyond uh, January, or if Rangers stretch it to twelve, you say well that's you know more than for sure Hearts are. Um, about it. I think we just take hearts in isolation to be on 30 points Rob always look at a, and I'm sure hearts had a bigger aspirations when they arrived but first things first when you consider the bit of fragility that was at the club when they came up because there were a lot of fans not wanting Robbie there after the Brora defeat complaining about the style of football even though they won the championship and it was just getting them up so there was a wee bit of pressure and looked at the opening day of the season and thought oh my god you've got Celtic at home so it, it was tough for them Um so you always want to get to 35 points 
first and foremost for Hearts to be on 30 um, the second week in December is is absolutely brilliant and a credit to them but a credit to the Hearts hierarchy mm. as well because they've backed Robbie Nielsen you, you talk about Liam Boyce a lot of clubs wanted Liam Boyce um, last um, couple of seasons ago Aberdeen were one of them um, but Hearts pushed the boat out financially to go and get them they've got in Craig Gordon um, they've got in a few you know Kingsley what a signing Kingsley's been um, for them as well um, the downside of that is when you're doing so well you, you attract attention and John Souter is a, the classic um, example of that but over the piece Hearts have been absolutely brilliant and I think Sunday afternoon at Tynecastle has got the makings of one of the games of the campaign for sure you are pleased for Robbie Nielsen, aren't you? Because I think a lot of people were expecting Hearts to maybe struggle at the start of the season. And had that been the case, there would have been a lot of Hearts fans jumping down his throat because a lot of Hearts fans don't want him there. Yep, I thought uh, he got a lot of unfair criticism last season. Um, obviously, the Brora result comes to, comes to mind. Mm. Obviously, disappointing. But listen, he was brought in to get them promoted. He'd done that. Maybe sometimes watched them. The football wasn't great, but they got results and they got there in the end. But this this year he's changed the way they're playing. They've got some real good attacking players, match winners. Um, they've got in their certainly in their squad good competition for places. So, but uh, it's always good to see when a manager goes through a tough time. He's come through it and listen. He'd be sitting on as Mark just mentioned. They're thirty points at this stage in the season. The champions are coming. Um, to think Castle and Sunday what a game it's going to be um, for the Hearts players but most importantly as well the Rangers players That's a, honestly I've got to say that it's the best stadium to go and play the atmosphere is brilliant they're right on you the fans uh, and that's the kind of stadium you love that you love yeah, that that's it, the type of atmospheres I used to love going I think if you ask the vast majority of footballers yeah it's great going to Ibrox or, or Celtic mm. Park but Tyne Castle was special the, the, the media right say the same. Him. The media yeah. say the same. What actually mm. working there? Yeah. You watch the games. You can't. And you can't beat Hearts for Rangers, Hearts for Celtic. Apart from, the, apart from the way they've reconstructed the press box uh, at Tynecastle, I'm, 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 I'm not sure what shape of person they were trying to fit into those those seats, Mark, with the with the perspex in front of you as well. But but I do take your point that if you take all that out of the equation, it's a wonderful stadium to, to work in. I mean, the ball goes out. They're, they're touching you. They're shouting at you. They're saying whatever I, I just loved it did they, did they love you did the Hearts fans love you certainly didn't Rob certainly <laughs> didn't but I, I just love playing there and that's one that the Rangers players have got to look forward to but Hearts are, are strong at home strong strong team so that'll be a that'll be a great game to watch on Sunday Motherwell are joint uh, fourth uh, as of uh, the weekend because while Dundee United were getting absolutely thumped uh, yesterday by Celtic on Saturday Motherwell came back from a goal down surprise surprise it was Tony Watt the league's top goal scorer uh, doing it for Motherwell nine in the premiership yeah. for, for, for Tony Watt he'd scored on the Tuesday of course uh, against Dundee United yeah. as well he's doing really well yeah. Motherwell are doing really well they, they, they are you know um, credit to Graham Alexander I think as well there was a rocky moment early in the season up at Dens Park with Motherwell I don't know if it was a League Cup game whatever it was but you know and people say oh Graham Alexander but he's dug in there I think he signed and recruited well you know um, you know, I think getting the, the goalkeeper um, was always a, an important step getting him on a permanent basis Liam Kelly yeah, yeah. it was absolutely great um, and one or two others have been brought in and Tony Watts finished on Tuesday night against the United was sublime and then to follow up with, with another goal I think Gordon Strachan I'm not sure if he's on record to saying it, but certainly privately, when he was Scotland manager, he included Tony in a couple of squads. 
Gon said that, so you're going back four years or so but he said that uh, Tony had it in his locker to be one of the best Scotland strikers in, in modern times he, he possessed the ability to go and be something pretty special but it was just about getting him to focus mm. um, and you know have that total commitment to his profession um, now he's probably not had that but maybe the, the, the pennies dropped me and said, you know what, I, I have it in my locker to be something special. Maybe the boy doesn't realise it himself. But if he keeps going the way he's gone, he has got to be included in that Scotland squad for the games. I'm not saying play. Mm. and he's, I'm not saying he's ahead of Che Adams or, or ahead of Lyndon Dykes. But what I'm saying is he can certainly be an asset to the Scotland squad. Yep, 100%. He's, he's, found, he's found a team or a club that suits him. Muddle's good for Tony Watt, but Tony Watt's good for Muddle. He just looks lean, he looks fit. Some of the goals, I mean, you were at the game against Dundee United. Yeah. What, what a finish. Oh. What a finish that was, even at the weekend. Great finish against Hibs. Mm -hmm. um, for me, he just. And his, looks... work, his work rate as well. Yep. Uh, you know, he just never stops. Yeah. He's, um, he's had that for me. I've always liked Tony Watt. It was just he, too many clubs, just for some odd reason, Muddle just suits him. I don't know why. He just looks settled there. He looks hungry. And the form he's on, as you just mentioned, top goal scorer in Scottish football just now, nine nine goals. He's got to be in with a shout. If he continues this for him, I thought maybe they've got a shout the last double header. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'd be a bit disappointed. He's just got to keep this form up. And you never know. You never know. He could creep into that, that Scotland squad. A big win for Aberdeen at the weekend. Uh, two wins on the bounce for them. Uh, six goals and six points in the space of four days beating Livingston midweek and then 4-1 uh, and could have been more at Pataudry uh, on Saturday against St Mirren couple for Ramirez couple for uh, Marley Watkins um, and suddenly uh, the league table looks a lot different for Stephen Glass doesn't it Mark? Yeah I mean, and I think as well just before the, the, the last international break mother went up to Pataudry um, and, and one I think was that mm -hmm. right Rob yeah. and, and Aberdeen had, had that couple of good results um, and then it, you know they were stopping their tracks for a while but they seem to have got it going um, again I remember watching Aberdeen a couple of times earlier in the season Rob they weren't getting results but they were playing well mm -hmm. you know they, they were creating chances the amount of shots on target um, but they just couldn't keep them out at the other end but now you see Ramirez you see Hedges coming uh, back in the pace of Marley Watkins as well causes defences all sorts of problems you know, I think you can see Scott Brown just orchestrating um, things too Lewis Ferguson uh, driving on and they've managed to get a couple of good results without Calvin Ramsey um, at right back who's a special um, young footballer and Joe Lewis has found the, his, his consistency he's settled down again, again hasn't he? which yeah. is so important goalkeeping is so important um, so please for Stephen Glass um, because you know the backing that he's had from Dave Cormack the budget you look at the squad they've got they've got a frightening squad um, they should be getting results that they've been getting in the past couple of games and it's good to see that they are and there's no doubt Barry the pressure would have been on had these results not gone his way the last couple of results against teams that Aberdeen would see themselves beating uh, the pressure was mounting because Aberdeen were slipping and sliding towards the bottom of the table at that stage a couple of games ago well we spoke about last Monday yeah. the, the, the four days the two games he had in the four days obviously um, Livingston and St Mern for me they were must win or they would have been under pressure um, as I said I, I look at the Aberdeen squad the starting 11 the players that you've just mentioned there they're very good players and even you look at the bench it's a strong bench mm. um, so they should they should be further up the league there's no doubt about it 
some of the performances have not been good enough certainly with the quality they've got within that squad but that's a massive four or five days they two games he must have been under a bit of pressure um, but listen the players showed that they could handle that pressure two good results against two teams who are difficult to play against um, Livingston and St Mirren they're mm. not the easiest teams to come up against so well, how many teams score four against St Mirren that, that doesn't well, very one often one thing you would it? say about Jim Goodwin's St Mirren teams is they're well set up mm. they're strong defensively they're a strong unit so to get four goals against them um, Aberdeen must have been in fine form so I, I, it was a great week for Aberdeen they needed that they needed day two wins badly and it was two convincing wins as well will you be seeing Lewis around Christmas time at all? yep yep so it'll be, it'll be in better fettle than off the back yeah, of listen he's he, he wants to win games of football yeah listen you're a bit down when you're no one he's a grumpy Ferguson isn't yeah, he basically he's, typic, he's a typical Ferguson yep he, he likes a moan he <laughs> likes to win and listen, that's a that's a good thing to have. Never never lose that. But it's been a it's been a tough season, as I said. I just get through the the players that they've got there. Mm. And, real and good quality, real good quality players. They've got guys that can win games of football. You look at the middle two: Scott Brown and Lewis Ferguson. That's top midfielders. Yeah, you look at Ryan Hedges. Uh, Ryan Hedges, for me on his day, uh, can win a game of football. Ramirez got a double at the weekend. That's 11, that's 11 for him so Ross far Ross McCrory at the back I think can only get better and better mm. um, Joe Lewis as, as Mark mentioned there has come back to a bit of forum you've got Johnny Hayes you've got Niall McGinn's David Bates David Declan Bates Gallagher's been the side the Dylan, Jet yeah, the, yeah, well, he's started to play the, right. the Jet he's starting to show a bit of form Dylan McGeoch who's Dylan a McGeoch, right good right. football player so I've rhymed off I've rhymed off 9-10 right. players there a real good quality so they should be further up the table but listen it was a massive week from six points and where they've been unlucky of course is that all their injuries recently have come defensively Calvin Ramsey you mentioned well, there's a young uh, player. Has been, I think he's out till the new year Calvin Ramsey which is a blow for them Jack McKenzie has been good for them as well he's been missing Declan Gallagher just came in back on the bench at the weekend do, do you think do you think there'll be bids for Gal, Calvin Ramsey in January I think wouldn't, there will be yeah. I think wouldn't, there will be wouldn't bids. be at all surprised he's, he's, he looks yeah. uh, you've seen him more than me Rob yeah. but when I've seen him mm. Really, really impressed, and uh, I think it's always best to get you know maybe a hundred games under your belt or whatever. Mm. But, but he looks as he looks as though he could be ready. He looks going to take another step, man. There's obviously there was a lot of noise. I only had seen highlights. I, I can't remember if it was about five or six weeks ago. Aberdeen were on. I made a point of watching. I want to watch this boy. He's a player. He's a player, and he looks ready. He's only young, but he looks to me if he's played a hundred games. But for me. I think it's always better as young players to stay and get that experience, get 50, 75, 100 games under your belt. Because um, he's one player that Aberdeen will not be able to hold on to. No. If he continues the development. He's probably the, he's the ideal probably, scenario would be sell him. I don't mean sell him, but you know what I mean? But get him loaned back to you. Do a deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get him loaned back to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean he's he's probably been Aberdeen's best player in most of the games he's played, which is remarkable for a guy who's only not long ago turned eighteen, and he's probably in the mould of Nathan Patterson. Very you know, similar. He probably stands comparison, doesn't he? Very, very similar. When I watched him, that's the thing that that sprang to mind was very like Nathan Patterson. Um, Natural. Go, yep, bombs forward, can go on the outside, but also likes to drift inside and can have a a pop at goal um, real real top talent Aberdeen have got there we could talk football all night us three in fact we're in the process of doing it <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more let's go, go, go.
Cheers for that, Chris. Keeping us up to date on the traffic and the the travel. Aston Villa 2, Leicester City 1 yesterday in the English Premier League. Uh, and would you believe it, Stephen Gerrard against Brendan Rodgers on the touchline? Yep, and never mentioning obviously the, the games before. Rangers and Celtic won, won a piece. Um, yeah. It was a good game, I've got to be honest with you. Leicester were the better team in the, the first half. Aston Villa, obviously Gerrard must have um, says a few home truths at half time. I think he actually said that in his interview after the game. And Aston Villa came out a, a, a different team and in, in, in the end deserved it. But one player, Rob, for me, was head and shoulders above everybody, John McGinn. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought he was immense. Um, as I said, every time I watch Aston Villa, I always like to see Scottish players do really well down in the English Premier League. But anybody watching that yesterday, yeah. um, I'll argue to him, red in the face, pff, he was by a mile the best player on the pitch. He had everything. Um, getting about the pitch, tackling. But he's passing. He's rangy mm. passing. And whether it was a 10-yard pass, 20-yard pass, he had five or six diags at 60 yard, um, 60 yards, sorry. He was just, um, he was a joy to watch yesterday. Um, the only thing it would have capped it off would have been a goal. But best player in the park by a country mile. Let's talk at Manchester United waiting in the wings and potentially interested in John McGinn, Mark? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Rob had been linked with him before. Um, obviously the, the influence of Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, you know, Scott might like to see other Scots. Liverpool have been linked with him. George, mm. yeah, Jurgen Klopp as an admirer. Liverpool play Aston Villa on Saturday um, at Anfield. Stephen Gerrard came back to, um, to Anfield um, as well. So... Um, yeah, I, I would absolutely believe that John McGinn would be on the radar of these calls. Why not? Because as Barry says, he's ripping it up. He okay, is no. ripping it up mm-hmm. every week mm-hmm. at that level. And he's been doing it now for two years. So Grealish was always going to be the first one to go. Um, and now I would imagine that Aston Villa will have a fight in their hands to keep John McGinn next summer. I know, see when you watch a game, you say, ah, he had a right good game there. But anybody that was watching... He that, stood out, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Head and, uh, head and shoulders yep I mean, you, I mean a year ago you were talking about guys like Madison I mean he's left Madison he's waiting now guys mm-hmm. like that so he has gone to that next level where you would think your Chelsea's your Liverpool's your Man United's are going to have them have them yeah. uh, on their radar for sure he Madison in his back pocket um, just uh, as I said his all round game but you think of John McGinn just getting in people's faces and he can get about the pitch and he can tackle and he can use his big backside to brush players off but on the ball first touch passing it whether it was first time taking a touch opening his body switching play he had a couple of beautiful balls through um, created a couple of real good chances for Aston Villa he's just all round game has improved so so much and every time I watch him he stands out a, a mile and I'm sure Gerard will be absolutely desperate to get him in a new contract because don't be surprised yeah. if the, the top four clubs ain't looking at John McGinn. And Gerard will love working with him and obviously John McGinn can only get better. If you think yeah. about it, working under a player like, like, like Stephen Gerrard, like Gary McCarthy, the, the, the coaching now of, of, of Michael Beale um, as well. So with the greatest respect to the previous coaches that he's had there, that should take him up again. And maybe you're just seeing the, the influence already. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in two or three weeks. Just that extra wee bits, that extra wee, they're all talking about that extra wee half a percent one percent there's a difference of you staying at Aston Villa and getting a move to a Liverpool it's just those small 
uh, percentages and I have to say I'm going to Anfield on Saturday oh, Rob to see beauty. it and I can't wait I'm nice. thoroughly looking forward to it nice. a cracker an absolute cracker he's always had that physical side to his game you're talking about the finesse that he's adding uh, all the time to, to what he does Barry and the thing he does as well which which every manager wants in their squad is that effervescence that he's got about him that he brings to the Scotland squad every time he comes he, it's infectious isn't it it, f- it affects people round about yep he starts in terms of going and closing down he'll go and he'll be that guy who'll go and close an opponent down it's, I, I go back to the Hibs days you would look at him and think he's a good player. Yep, he can maybe go down in England and, and have a good career. But he's went up levels, and I'm not just talking one or two levels. He's, he's became one of the top performers yeah. uh, down in down in England, uh, the Premier League. The players that he's coming up against week in week out, and as I said, you think John McGinn two or three years ago, box to box midfielder, um, can put a tackle in. Now he's a he's a right good footballer yeah. as well. He's he's added so much to his game. Whether that's down to John Martin really hard in the training ground, working on things. But Martin makes a good point. There's no nobody better you can learn off than Stephen Gerrard. He was one of the, the best midfielders there's been, and also Gary McAllister. He could play as well. So yeah. I'm sure he will learn so much, and I'm I'm sure that he will improve so much. And that I'm positive when Gerrard sees him close up. He'll be desperate to build his team round about him. I, I, I could see John McGinn, I don't know if you agree, but I could see John, if, of all the clubs that we've mentioned, if he was to go, I could really see him thriving in a Liverpool team mm. under Klopp. Mm-hmm. Really the energy could see John levels. McGinn, yeah, yep. I could see John McGinn being a real star in, 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 in a Liverpool team. But could you not put him into quite a few teams? Oh, aye, aye. But just, there's something about the way he plays mm. and the way Liverpool play that I think yeah. he'd be a great fit. I think they'd oh, be a great yeah. fit for each other. Yeah. You know? And, and it was Jordan Henderson, obviously getting older. Mm-hmm coming towards it at the end is he going to be a replacement for him but he would shoot a Liverpool because he's the way that Klopp plays I mean it's that rock and roll in it full energy 100% (laughs) (laughs) in people's faces John McGinn never he never stops and you see that for Scotland as well Mm. Um, he's a real driving force not just for Aston Villa but for Scotland as well because he's he's one of our most important players He's just turned 27 as well, just looking, Seven. checking there. So he's in his prime, coming into yeah. his prime, isn't he? Yeah, the, 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 be- his best the best years. five years of his career, shouldn't he? 27 to yeah. 32, 28 yeah. 33. He's yeah. about the best five, six years of his career. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, meaning clips of the Rangers manager right through the show. And this was him talking on the back of the Rangers 3 Dundee nil result on Saturday about the way he's using his fullbacks. I think everyone has to adapt and make sure that we are uh, attacking as a team and, and, and we can we can see what, uh, where the spaces are. Today, the spaces were more on the side, so you know I give a lot of freedom to my fullbacks at times when they can, can go up, up uh, and, and join the attack. So uh, especially when, you know, today we are only, only played against one striker. You know, I think the, they have the ability to do so. And then also when one uh, fullback is gone, you know, the other ones have to make sure we are well organised when we lose the ball. It's what we were talking about earlier, Barry. It just changes game to game, doesn't it? Depending on the opponent, how he uses the individuals within his team. Yep, and he, he says something there that he's obviously made a tactical change. When one fullback goes, previously when under Gerard, the two fullbacks mm-hmm. were right high up. If you kind of notice, if it's, say for instance, Tavernier has got the ball and he's driving forward, Barisic tucks in a wee bit. Mm-hmm. Whether that's in with the, the two central defenders or the holding midfielder. Um, so that's the tactical changes he's made. And it's, it's certainly made a difference because for me, if you, you get hit in the counter, you've got one extra player. 
and that becomes the, the, the fullback. So that that's the slight changes he's made. And I think over over the course, once he gets more time on the training ground, you'll start to see more and more. because um, you can't you can't do everything um right away. But mm. that's certainly one of the biggest changes that I've seen. It's interesting listening to him, isn't it, Giovanni van Bronckhorst? You, you just get a little clips and insights, Mark, into his football philosophy. Yeah, he's you know he's he's a he's a clever manager. He was, he was a great player, and uh, I think that you know, when you look at it now and assess it, the time was probably right for a change at, at Rangers. I think there was just a bit of flatness with Stephen Gerrard and his staff. I think they probably felt they needed a change. The opportunity came for Aston Villa, and you look at it now. It's just I think it has given Rangers. The wee spring in their step, it's made players, oh right, I need to go again. Um, I want to be part of this team, I want to try and go and win the title uh, again. I need to impress a new man. You look at somebody who's grasped an opportunity so far, it's been somebody like Calvin Bassey, who's gone in and you know he's taken an opportunity under um, the new manager. So when you see things like that, I think it's um, the timing has been right for, for, for Rangers to go and freshen things up. And they've not just freshened it up for the sake of it, they've brought in a quality manager, a guy who knows his stuff. So Rangers 3, Dundee nil Saturday, Dundee United nil, Celtic 3 yesterday and Ange well happy with what he watched. It's a good all-round performance I thought, um, you know, we, we started the game really well and sort of put pressure on them and um, you know we never let up right until the final minute, I just thought it was a real, you know, it was a dominant performance and, and you know we scored three really good goals probably could have had some more um, but overall I just thought it was a real uh, solid performance We were talking earlier about Tom Rogic and obviously uh, he was out missed a couple of games re- uh, recently with injury and, and you just sensed that Celtic missed him uh, and he's come back in and he's well he scored that wonder goal uh, yesterday and he was an absolute joy to watch he was a, a standout performer at Tanadice. Uh but McGregor and Turnbull they've been constants in the midfield and Ange Postacoglu relying on those two a lot in his midfield well it's it's vital because you know as you can see at the moment you know we, 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 we can't afford to have too many um, missing through injury and we need to have some constants in there Ideally, I'd love to rotate them as well, um, particularly through the schedule we've got. But, you know, they're pretty robust and, and, and pretty resilient guys. Um, you know, I think it would be brave of me to take either one of them out, especially Cal. I, I might get an earful, but, um, you know, they, they're performing at a high level all the time. You were raving about him right at the top of the show, Barry Callum McGregor, uh, a player at the top of it. When we, were, when we were part of the John McGinn Appreciation Society there a few minutes ago. What about Callum McGregor? What a player he is. Yeah, he's he's an all round top uh, midfielder. He's he's got everything. Um, Callum McGregor. It's I, I would previously say that maybe a year ago or so, I, I I used to watch. Well, when I watch Callum McGregor, I'm thinking I can get more out. I want to see more. Um, maybe that's where driving forward they're dictating a game more. But he certainly since he's took the armband, um, he, he's his game, the level his game has been up. A notch or two, no doubt about it. And it's similar to Callum McGregor. You heard Posta Coglu. You take him out of the Celtic team, Celtic struggle. Similar to Rangers, like with Steve Davis. I know Steve Davis got le- left out the weekend, um, but no, be, no, been disrespectful to, to Dundee. But normally you couldn't do that. And he's just so important, so important for, for Celtic. He's just, um, he's, he's got everything in his locker. He's rangy passing. He just dictated the full game yesterday for me when I watched it. It was like a masterclass, wasn't it? It, it was, as I said. He, he, there's a lot of stuff he does that people may, may think, and I've said this about Stephen Davis, 
It's just a simple pass. It's only 10 yards, but he's, he's retaining the ball all the time. He's moving the opposition about. He's a clever, clever footballer. And um, he's took over the, the duties of uh, the captain. I was um, just going to so say that. He's, he's kind of emerged from the shadow of Scott Brown in a way. Yeah. Uh, and, he's, and he's lapping up the responsibility. He's, he's absolutely thriving on it. And maybe just giving him the armband, the new contract, is what he needed. Because I think there's no doubt he'd admit it himself. It looks like he'd kind of hit a brick wall. He's maybe symptomatic of what was going on at Celtic last season. And that was probably understandable as well because over the course of what, five or six years, he was averaging something like 60 games a season um, you know, for club and country. So there was a time he was just going to run out of gas um, naturally. But he's now been revitalised. And I said in the programme a couple of weeks ago, at this moment in time, I think he's been the most consistent player in the country. Mark, thanks. Barry, thank you. Take the rest of the night off, you two. Uh, I'm back tomorrow uh, with Craig Moore and Stephen Craig in Live at Five. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.